Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 132 of the Talking Dogs on Thursday uh, podcast with myself, uh, Barry Drake. This week, of course, we're going to talk about the English Greyhound Derby because I'm um, such a strong Ireland uh, Team Ireland challenge once again. Uh, very much looking forward to Saturday night's quarterfinals. Of course, brilliant coverage as always on Race and Post uh, Greyhound TV. Of course, that's now Sky Channel four three four two seven. I should say if you're tuned in here on Irish shores. And uh, we're going to say hello to a man, of course, who plays a big part in that brilliant coverage on Race and Post Greyhound TV. And that, of course, is Hobbsy, uh, Jonathan Hobbs. So, uh, Hobbsy, thanks so much uh, for joining us on the podcast and uh, taking time out to have a chat with us. Barry, it's always a pleasure. So, so good to talk to you, and, and especially when when it comes to the Grand Derby. Fantastic uh, stuff going on at Toaster. Yeah, it sure is. And as I was saying there, look, I suppose um, Racing Post Greyhound TV of the English Greyhound Derby over the last uh, couple of years has been fabulous. And of course, you know, RPG TV playing such an important role. I think it's so important. It really is. And and fantastic you you point that out. I mean, look, aside from the actual race coverage, which is, uh, you know, fans of the sport, we just absolutely enjoy. It's getting to to the trainers and the owners and, and sampling the atmosphere on, on the night um, and, but more than that you know, understanding what goes on to, to get a ground to the latter stages of the derby so you know, even right from the start you know, to talk to the trainers certainly plenty of people over from Ireland that have come over you know, with, with a, a, such a strong entry this year but just sort of tapping into their experiences you know, how they see the competition progressing I think those interviews are just so important. It just gets you, you, you slightly closer to, to the action. So I think it's very valuable. You know, like, like most things, we, we, it's possibly underplayed, you know, the importance of it in many ways. I mean, it certainly would be so different, wouldn't it, if uh, we didn't have that opportunity. So, so, you know, I think it's, look, we, we do what we can when we're at the track, but, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, hats off to the bosses, uh, you know, Clive Lawrence and the team, they're going to do a fantastic job. They're setting all these sort of weekends up and getting reporters there and what have you, and we just we just crack away. Yeah, and in fairness, look, I suppose you're a man that has been involved in the game now so long. Such a familiar face to us here um, on our shores, all them great nights with Sky and everything down through the years. But, you know, just in terms of, you know, racing post Greyhound TV as well, I know it's really, really, you know, taught so highly of um, here around the country and, you know, so accessible as well for um, all the Greyhound supporters here in Ireland. And we've been blessed, I suppose, in recent years to be able to watch all the great coverage as well from the big meetings in Ireland. And of course, just tomorrow night as well, we'll be looking forward to the big race of champions event down in Tralee, which will be live in race and post Greyhound TV. And I believe Rob Catterson is going to be on the track as well. So, you know, our big Irish racing is a big hit and, um, you know, has been a huge asset to the station as over the course of the last couple of years. It certainly has. I mean, this is, you know, I think the, the sort of growing profile of, uh, of RPG TV in that respect, you know, we're getting the, the best of the, the Irish racing as well. So, you know, we're, we're very spoiled and you know going to i think Tom mel shortly i think for the the final of the produce stakes as well so all those major events are, are covered you know leading up to you know the ball sports irish grand derby etc so so yeah i mean look and throughout the week you can tap into it and you know even if you if you miss the action you know there's, there's always the opportunity to, to to replay it and then 
they're building up to the next major event as well. So, so I think, sort of, you know, from a greyhound racing point of view, from both sides of the Irish scene, it's massively important. And, and what they do, what they do, and I think, you know, obviously picked up on your side of the Irish sea is that, you know, it's pretty much groundbreaking as well. And uh, as I say, we, we're almost getting too used to it, I think, in many ways, Barry, but we, we should cherish what goes on in terms of the coverage, uh, whether it come, you know, comes to, you know, the best of racing in England or the best of racing in Ireland. Yeah, for sure. Very well said there. And uh, before we talk about the English Ground Derby itself, of course, a big event going on in Central Park over the course of the last three weeks or so. Um, obviously, look, we've had no Pat Buckley at Toaster this year, but, you know, he did make the trip across the Central uh, Park with his uh, star sprinter, Flashing Willow, and he certainly didn't disappoint over the course of the last couple of weeks winning that uh, nice pot. Tell us more about that, uh, Hobbsy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, extraordinary, really. He clearly loves the English air, doesn't he? I mean, four races, four wins. He broke the track record in the, the sprint heat around the derby time last year. And that was a toaster, of course. And then really enterprising. Of course, you know, we're all disappointed as Graham fans that, that Pat didn't, didn't make the trip to toaster. But it, it sounds like that, you know, I mean, he's spoken to sort of James Corden that's, um, you know, connected with the kennel, kennel hand partner of, of Emma, of course, that, you know, maybe... There'll be more of the, the Buckley train runners targeting the English prizes, the major English prizes. Talk of a, a challenge for the Oaks, but Flashing Willow, that, you know, that was fantastic. He, you know, over over the course and you, uh, course of the seasons, you would know better than me, Barry. You know, his Achilles heel is perhaps not being that kind of electric trapper. Unbelievable, sensational pace for the bend, but come the final, he flashes the the tins and he's away and. You know, when you're in a sprint sort of situation, even if you've got the the, the, the champion UK sprinter in Gugain Jet, he's not going to get to Flashing Willow and, and fair play. And, and I'm sure Mark Wallace, who had four finalists, will be the first to sort of you know, congratulate and hold his hands up when you've got a sprinter, top-class sprinter like that. When he traps like that, it's all over. So so four from four, well done to, to Team Buckley, well done to, to Emma and to, to James and the crew, Kenny Glenn, of course, as well. So... So that was good, and we we hope to see Flashing Willow over over him, you know, potentially for for other competitions. I'm kind of off the top of my head thing. I know they've got Dundalk to think of with a bar one, but you know, maybe I'm not too sure what the, how the calendar sits, but sort of scary or maybe national sprint at the end of the year. But it, it's just enterprising and and, and good to, good to see. So fair play. But I'm yeah. sure Gugain Jet will, you know, he'll, he'll have his day in. in you know, in the future as well. You know, he's top class and has, has done brilliantly for, for, for Mark and the team. Yeah, um, sure was a fantastic event there at Central Parks. So well done to all involved. Switching our attention to the um, the focus, I suppose, on the, on the, on the podcast uh, this week, the English Greyhound Derby, the competition as a whole so far. Uh, Hobbsy, give us um, your thoughts on that. Well, I think it's been, I think it's been great. I mean, I, I don't think it's been easy in terms of, of sort of tipping winners or what have you or even from an anti-post perspective by as you well know Barry I'm a very patriotic soul so I was very much sort of uh, in the from post to, to pillar camp I, I kind of saw him being either a 10 length winner of his first round heat and a 6-4 to four favourite going into the second round um, or things wouldn't quite go right and he'd, he'd bow out and unfortunately for connections that was the case but you know, thereafter, I think the Irish Challenge has been just nigh on sensational. You know, obviously, what uh, 
you know, Graham's doing and, and Liam and, and Brendan, you know, and even young Jack Kennelly. I mean, what a fantastic story. I mean, I'll digress for one second, Barry, and we'll, we'll come back to the nitty-gritty of the quarterfinals. You know, Greyhound Racing, probably only horse racing could, could be comparable to this. In what other sport can you get a 21-year-old going up against, you know, maybe a trio of octogenarians when you think of, of Brendan Matthews and, and, and Reggie Alder? There's one other that escapes my mind as well, and I should know. I think Seamus Gorn is coming up to 80 if he's not 80 already, so that would be the trio. I mean, that just shows you that... The, 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 the draw and, and I think the unique situation with Graham Racing finds itself. That was a fantastic story and of course ultimately been, you know, in terms of making the quarterfinals thing kind of work out for young Jack but I'm sure he'll be back but you know that, that Irish challenge right from the start when was it uh, Clona Duke broke Swords uh, Rex track record and you know Graham set his stall out. Okay the story with Romeo Magico is not going to have um, you know, maybe that fairy tale ending of back-to-back derbies, but I tell you, you know, <laughs> you've still got the extraordinarily strong hand. As um, has Dave, Dave Firminger, obviously breeder and an owner of Magico, and and still, you know, he's sitting pretty with, with Graham's not just trained by by Graham, but Patrick Jantons as well. So uh, I think it's building up really nicely. I, I think whatever happens, looking at the four quarterfinals, we're we're in for two sensational semi-finals and then a brilliant English Grand Derby final um, you know backed by Star Sports and TRT it just is shaping up to be a really good event but you know notwithstanding the, the, the efforts of Pat, Pat Jansen's at the moment and, and he's going to still have a huge say in this and one or two others you, you'd have to say that favourite would be that, that Ireland will reclaim the trophy yeah, exactly. But look, I'm um, still a bit of work to be done, uh, Hobbsy. And let's uh, switch our attentions uh, on the uh, four quarterfinals on Saturday night. The opening one, of course, um, is due off there at um, seven ten, and um, you know it's a fantastic uh, quarterfinal uh, featuring the likes of Boyle Sports Gift for trainer Paul Hennessy was drawn in trap number three, and Romeo Command, of course, a greyhound that started off his racing here on Irish shores, uh, won once I think from about ten starts, but he's really taken um, to racing. In in England in recent times a powerful uh, performer for the Janssen team but for me I'd be uh, willing to take him on from a, a very tough draw in trap number 5 on Saturday night very fast ground but I think that the draw could work against him what do you think? Um, I, I think it would be okay for Romeo Command. I think he, he trapped particularly well in the in the third round didn't he and you know maybe those trapping boots are, are now very much on I think the makeup of the race is decent for him. Remiss not to mention, of course, what Paul's doing with Ball Sports Gift as well. He's got a lot to find with Romeo Command on that uh, third round form. I thought McNeil was going really well. I have to say in the derby, I thought that you know looked at the surefire finalist. But you know you you do need that luck when it comes to the big competition. He didn't have that luck on that occasion. But I, I actually think that Romeo Command in track five, it, it could still work for him it wouldn't be ideal it wouldn't be where Patrick would, would place him but I still think the makeup of the race the pace is you know likely to come from more outside with Burj Khalifa but he's drawn the right side of, of that of course being a wide runner Burj Khalifa anyway so I, I think in this there, there are harder quarterfinals than this um, but for that reason I would favour Romeo Command but big respect to Savannah Bow particularly I mean you talk about sort of Irish dominance well you know, there's no, you know, there's no question that Diane Henry and 
Kevin Boothby are flying the flag with Savannah Bow. You know, he's been there, seen it, done it, finalist last year. How do you keep him out of the first three? I mean, look, we've seen that, you know, the ground don't get clear runs, but anything like a clear run, and even if he was stopped in his tracks once, he's the sort of ground that could recover, regain momentum and qualify. So, uh, yeah, he looks a certain semi-finalist, but in terms of selection, I, I would favour at this stage. I'm still going to have a, you know, look over the next two or three days, Barry, but, but Romeo commanding track five, it's... It, the makeup doesn't look that bad to me. Yeah, Romeo Command there, for Hobbsy, of course, and Savannah Bow. That would be quite a story if it could reach the final again, of course, uh, this year for uh, trainer Diane Henry, of course, started off its racing career in Cork and Curraheen Park uh, back there in 2021. The second uh, final, of course, I'm a big supporter of Clona Duke, but I have to say, um, I'm, I suppose I'm a bit um, uneasy over the course of the, the last uh, couple of days. Things haven't gone smoothly um, over the course of the last uh, two Saturday nights and uh, you know questions to be answered for him come next Saturday night give us your thoughts on this one Hobbsy I feel the same I feel the same with Clona Duke um, look Brinkley's Magic's an aeroplane I mean Tom Hilbron you know loves him he, he says yes he's a he's a touch of a character but boy this you know this ground has got huge gears so you know you can, you can underplay Brinkley's Magic's performance given uh, you know, Clona Duke was a long way behind, but maybe we shouldn't because twenty eight seventy nine, I think, shows you what a really good run it was from Brinkley's Magic. So, um, I, I think on the evidence of last week, I, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise to see Clona Duke beaten again. Uh, you know, especially when he's got his kennel mate Romeo Hanzo next door, and I, I think this ground's really coming to the party well. And even when he was beat by Brinkley's Magic, you know, he was beaten by Brinkley's Magic, who then comes out and wins and rocks up and rolls home and a runaway win the next time. So I think we, you, you, although people were disappointed by that, they shouldn't be because he's got so much ability to bring his magic. And, and I think Romeo Hanzo then showed his class again in the third round. I think he's going to be tough to beat. But there's a couple of other dogs. I mean, look, you know, again, Kevin Hutton, Simon Otis never runs a bad race. I'm not too sure he wants to be on the inside. That's where it could also be a problem for Tony Duke. But, i tell you what, John Lamb's doing with Mystical Mario with that early pace. He's got to be one of the best early pacers in the derby. I, I said that to him a couple of weeks ago. I was lucky enough to go and see him at close hand. He's getting you know, a real good tune out of this dog. He's going to lead. Yeah, look, he's always going to be susceptible to a, a stronger type coming home. He got worn down by a fabulous Azura. But nevertheless, he, he might need catching. And another one is Cachis in track five for, for Richard Reese. Look. I haven't got the record books in front of me, but I'd have to go through them and find out when was a, a Cesaric champion you know, in the quarterfinals of the Derby and potentially could go even further. I mean, you know, he's win, winning over six bends at Central Park. You know what a gallop that is. But he's an absolute powerhouse of a dog and he's trapping so well. And he could just, again, be very difficult to keep out the frame. He will not be stopping with Cochise. And we know the Reese family got such a, a Derby history, you know, dating back to Richard's father and grandfather. So... Uh, yeah, again, I'd, I'd love to see Mario or Cachise, you know, any of the UK runners qualify in that respect. Buddy Himmikin, Leo in, in track six. Again, you know, he's there or thereabouts, but I'd probably prefer, you know, his kennel mates in, in Romeo Hanzo. I think I'd just be favouring three, but really looking for a big performance from four and five.
Yeah, that really does look um, a tough heat. Of course, uh, Graham Holland there, as um, Hobbsy pointed out, represented with three of the six finalists and uh, favourable mention there for trap number four, Mystical uh, Mario, of course, who was a winning uh, debutante uh, in Limerick before making the switch across to the UK. The 748 is the next one to look forward to, of course. Ballymac Marino looks the leading hope for the Liam Dowling Kennels. Um, obviously, Brinkley's magic was so impressive last week, but a much tougher draw this time around Hamzy yeah it looks that uh, way but Bally Marino in track too I, I, I kind of always feel and you know as much as I'd love to see a, a UK ground win uh, no question about that I, I still think that, you know, if, if Liam was to win the English ground derby I think that'd be fantastic for, 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 for ground fans full stop and you're always trying to work out which of the Bally would get furthest or be the biggest chance and, and for once in my life Barry for once for once I think <laughs> fingers crossed I might pick the, the, the right one because I was with Fanny Mano right from the start I think wasn't it the female derby winner Tralee so you just look for the profile of and it real improver and I think he's exactly that he's doing nothing wrong I did hear Liam Downing's interview I think with Carly Philpott for Star Sports and you know, he, he almost looks slightly disappointed with the time. Um, oh, there's been sort of reports of some sort of kennel sickness or what have you. So hopefully, I think this week you 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 know might even see better from Banny Matt Marino. I still thought to the eye it was really impressive. So you know, as much as Liam seemed to be disappointed, I, I thought from from what we saw, it still looked a very professional and quite comfortable win for Banny Matt Marino. But he's got to do it the same again. Again, I think the draw. He's pretty good. I mean, look, Jack Tavantella surely doesn't match Marino's early pace. Drive on lads, really going short for Richard Reese. Never gives up. He'll force his way into contention. He could ping from three. It's possible. He did that in the Maiden Derby final at Toaster and horses for courses and all of that. So he, he's a, you know, certainly a big player in many ways if he did come away. Again, I still think Marino or Marino is. is He's drawn the right side of drive on ladder. And, and it's the same with Brinkley's Magic. He could go bingo from the boxes as well. But then can he get across uh, Liam's dog? I'm, again, I'm not too sure. It looks a too wide draw for Gaytime Nemo. He's going to have to get away to his best start in the derby. No question about that. Uh, and Ninja Kerry's a sort of real battling performer. He'll try and keep on for the qualifying spot. I've got to keep faith with Bally Matt Marino. I've only got two left of in my anti-post book, Barry, so um, um, Marino's one of those. Not a a hugely fancy prizes, but more pride than anything else, but I do think that he's, he's going the right way. Yeah, certainly will be um, hard to beat there in that race. Of course, Jack Tavern Bella will certainly be finishing with a flourish and will surely be hard to keep out of the tree. On to the fourth and final quarter final, where all eyes will be on the anti post favourite who has been inch perfect so far in the competition, one of the quickest greyhounds um, in Ireland over the course of the last couple of years, and that is the very talented Swords Rex who will line up here from trap number three. Yeah, I think, you know, we're at the last 24th stage and I, and I think if you did a straw poll of most likely Derby winner, uh, it would be Swords Rex, wouldn't it? And he, he's absolutely flawless for, for Graham Holland. He's the cup champion for the Lowndes family. Uh, he's doing everything right uh, and, and probably wins that fourth quarter final. For me, it's the um, I don't like that kind of 
the football analogy of the heat of you know what, but nevertheless, it is such a red hot heat. Romeo's top gun is, you know, running really well and consistently. Banny Matt Finn, you know, again, you know, so much class, perhaps, perhaps not just at uh, his best at the moment. Towards Rex, fabulous Azura, who is just a sensational bitch. Patrick Jansen, as you well know, winner of both sides of the Irish seat, you know, great campaigner, distant pods. Came to the party last week. We know he's got huge talent for Barry Draper and Puppy Cl- uh, Classic champion at Nottingham. And Uncle Glossy has, has, has done well for Carol Weatherall. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's in the quarterfinals. I think he's got to step up on his performance last week and he's got to get round this and pods. It would be, be amazing if he, he could get through. You know, it's only a June 21. But I think Sword Direct probably just over Fabulous Azura. You know, Bunny Mac Finn could step up. I, I, I really don't know what the situation is in terms of, of how badly he may have had the sickness. But again, you know, if they're clear of it or he's clear of it, then again, you're going to expect a little bit more. But that's a lot of ground to turn around with, with Swords Rex from last week, Barry. So on that you know, I, I suggestion that maybe three could just go clear and do what he's doing so brilliantly and remain the one to beat in the derby. But as we know, you still need that sort of good fortune and and what have you to, to complete to get the job done don't you yeah exactly look it's it's never going to be easy anyway and um, look obviously there are four fantastic quarterfinals um, Hobbsy you know the, the countdown is, is very much on to the, the big final night which is always a special night at Toaster incredible yeah you know I, I sort of say we're lucky I think in this sport you know both Side of the Irish Sea at Shelbourne Park, um, you know, and, and Toaster, whether it be Irish Grand Derby final or English Grand Derby final, they're just up there. And I say this every single year, and you know, people hear it, and hopefully they don't get bored because you've got to get excited by sport. I mean, we, we've, you know, over here we've got the Ashes starting on, on Friday, you've got the US Open golf starting, you know, it's it just amazing. And we're, you know, I, I say, okay, we might not command the kind of attention of of those sorts of sports. But when it comes to the great sporting occasions, you know, standing on those terraces, listening to the roar, listening to the passion of ground people, mate, there's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. And and both of those tracks will absolutely rock on final night. No question. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, certainly can't wait. And uh, very exciting times over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll be looking forward to the great coverage once again on Race and Post Ground TV. Obviously, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the podcast and uh, talking about the uh, fantastic English Ground Derby. Uh, as I said, enjoy the, the next couple of weeks. We'll be keeping a close eye on it, no doubt. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you again uh, in the near future. Yeah, very kind, Barry. Lovely, lo- lovely words. Much appreciated. You keep up the great work as, as well, my friend. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we're delighted with the way ground racing is going in, in, in the respect of what's going on on the track. And they never let us down, those dogs. Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs.